Assalamualaikum and welcome to Voice of the Millennials with myself, Yasin Kippi. And uh, as I mentioned earlier, very interesting program um, that we are having tonight. And uh, we are recapping the Israeli apartheid week that has been taking place this week, 2018, um, uh, you know, across universities and across, in fact, the world, um, but specifically in South Africa at universities. And we've had that at UCT. Um, and uh, we'll be looking at some of the successes and also the lessons that we as young people can learn about how to be effective, uh, you know, um, soldiers in the fight, um, the intellectual fight, the academic fight, the, um, you know, cultural, um, uh, really this, this conflict that is taking place, uh, not in a violent way, even though the opponents, um, you know, of the Palestinian cause um, sometimes uh, definitely um, utilizes those methods. Um, and uh, we are joined, um, you know, in studio and also on the line by very important figures who have found their purpose in the struggle um, and, uh, you know, on the journey to, to, to do um, successful things um, in, in terms of that solidarity with the Palestinian cause. Um, Palestine and Israel has been, um, you know, in, in, in the news um, for a very long time and it's been an issue that has been um, both, uh, you know, a, a religious issue for some people, but also a political issue and a human rights issue for for many others. Joined in studio by, um, of course, Leila Kimi, and, and she's a UCT student um, who's in a final year of law. And she's also someone who has worked very closely with the World Federation of the United Nations Associations um, and many other platforms as well. So we'll be speaking to her. Um, I'm joined on the line by um, Asif Bulbulia, who is a, a student at Wits University and also the chairperson of the Muslim Students Association at the Wits Medical School and Education Campus. Um, and then, of course, Non Kululeko Mtambo, chairperson of the Palestine Solidarity Committee um, at Wits University. And uh, also in studio, we have Rehan Chikte from UCT, who is a medical student. Um, Assalamu alaikum and welcome to all of you. Alaikum salam. Alaikum salam, happy to be here. <laughs> Always happy Alaykum. to be here. <laughs> so um, let's start with, um, you know, Non Kulaleko. Um, you're the chairperson of the Palestine Solidarity Campaign. Um, and there's been very many different analyses about um, this year's Israeli Apartheid Week. Um, I was speaking to Ali Abu Niyama early on and he says, you know, I hope this will be the last Israeli Apartheid Week because we need to just eradicate the, the fact that Israel is an apartheid state. But what has been, you know, the, the, the main successes and hurdles from, from your perspective at Wits University this year? Um, the main successes, I think, is just the amount of interaction that we've done with students and the amount of constructive interaction. Um, because well, what was supposed to be made a hurdle to us was we moved on the other side of the campus from where we usually were. But we just got to reach more people and more people were just genuinely curious. And mm-hmm. It was it was just brilliant watching people find out what was actually happening and commit to finding out more. Um, so for us, it just for the level of conscientization that happened this week alone has been a, a major stance. And because just because we had um, we had back and forth with university management, yeah. um, as our people know, um, and even outside of that, we still managed to run a successful campaign with. With, with meeting all the, the, the aims that we had put for ourselves. So for us, what was supposed to be a struggle 
which was being shoved to another side of the campus, being denied um, um, access to certain parts of the school and certain and yeah, being caught and yeah, being divided and things like that. It, it ended up being one of our greatest victories. Why do you think that's the case? Having so much resistance from the university administration. Um, I think that I think there's uh, there's, there's I, I don't want to use provocative words, but I, I do think that there is an unqualified influence that Zionists have on the on the university. Um, that in in everything that we do, we must always check with the same people that we are we are in many instances fighting against. Um, so for us, it's 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 something that we are also trying to look into and trying to. Um, manage within ourselves, but mm. we found that to be the case, that just the Zionist influence is just it's, it's predominant in spaces where, where especially around, yeah, administration of things and so on and so forth. It, it just, it's, it's there, but it's something that doesn't curtail us. Yeah, I mean, outward uh, resistance from the university management is something that I think UCT used to face, but this year seemed quite different, wasn't it, Leila? We we saw um, the Palestine Solidarity Forum erect the wall in the middle of Jami Plaza, which is traditionally not the case, and traditionally what happens is the PSF has one side and the uh, soldiers and the South African Zionist Federation has another. Um, uh, why, was, why was this outward um, somewhat form of dominance from the PSF um, so prevalent this year? Um, I think in previous years having PSF on one side and Sorgist or the South African Zionist Federation on the other side almost seemed to equate the the perpetrator with the oppressed yeah. or the oppressor with the um, with the oppressed and kind of giving them that equal standing um, during Israeli apartheid week and so this year it was really nice to see that PSF was front and center um, and there wasn't this back and forth of fighting for what is right and what is wrong because it's very clear here what is right and what is wrong. Yeah. And so there was great engagement just on why this why this is such an issue for Palestinians. Um, there was great education so people knew exactly what was happening, you know, not falling victim to Zionist propaganda. Yeah. And just by not having, I think, soldiers so prevalent this year really gave the Palestinians a voice um, and one that they rightly deserve. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think that it can ever be said that we should ever stand on equal grounding with the Zionists. So, I mean, uh, we're also speaking to uh, Rehan Chikte. You're in the, in, in the medical um, school at UCT. Um, and that's somewhat very interesting because there's always this divide between the, the medical campus, whether it's, um, you know, physically the campuses are different, but also intellectually. What is the sense of, um, is there any sense of the, the issue uh, of conflict between s- students at the medical campus? So, unfortunately, at medical school, you know, it seems like we are obviously some somewhat disconnected from what's happening at Upper <laughs> and everything like that. It, that's what people genuinely yeah. uh, tend to think. But um, with various dialogues that I've had with a lot of people at medical campus, there actually does seem to be quite a lot of awareness which just with regard to the struggle and everything. And something that I actually can note over the past like four to five years, because I remember in first year, um, 
first year Toy Dawood coming to speak to us about PSF and then just people you know the grumbles and like I don't know what this is about mm-hmm. I'm not really, really sure what's happening but from then till now just the dialogues are starting to increase in terms of people's understanding and I think that's actually a very very positive thing just reiterating what Layla was saying that there's been more of a willingness to try and understand what's happening and people are actually seeing that it's not a it's not a there's no equation like yeah. where there's like okay this is equal to this people are clearly seeing that there is something wrong here and one side is wrong and one side is right not both are wrong in their own separate ways it was international solidarity that um, curtailed the apartheid regime to and pressured them into really adopting legislation that's it's, it's seemingly non-racial even though uh, we have many talks about decolonization as well isn't it so um, but um, uh, in at Wits University and I'm speaking to Asif now um, uh, they are they, there's a sense that um, we have to be creative in how we express our solidarity. Uh, for you, what has been, you know, the most effective means of doing so, Asif? Uh, so I think when it comes to the question of creative expression and how it can be used to express solidarity, um, I think what's important to bear in mind is that creative expression um, is something that comes from the heart, right? And And personally, I find that the most genuine forms of creative expression uh, are those that are authentic, mm-hmm. right? And, and I think, you know, when it comes down to the issue of, like, how art can be used to stand in solidarity with the oppressed, yeah. um, I think fundamentally it comes down to educating yourself about the situation um, in question and then using that knowledge um, to come up with ways of expressing it in, in unconventional ways, right, and, and trying to be unique in some respect. And uh, that's quite interesting, um, you know, and, and you've utilized poetry um, also, um, you know, among many other different things. Um, another thing that, that I know that you're interested in is education and um, uh, pedagogy is one of the most difficult, um, you know, things to actually learn, especially for me. I, I mean, I teach, um, you know, I started a madrasa for young people and it's sometimes really difficult to get the message across. Um, and you, you're right when, it, when you say it has to come from the heart. But what are some techniques that you've learned, you know, from an educational perspective in order to really inculcate a, a certain attitude or influence people in a certain way with regards to any issue? Um, yeah, so actually um, what we tried to do this week as part of Israeli Apartheid Week was to facilitate a dialogue amongst students who were interested in learning more about what was going on in Palestine. And the focus of our dialogue wasn't as much on Palestine as it was on trying to understand oppression in more general terms. Um, and, you know, it was really encouraging to see students who came to this discussion. It was, a, it, it was a relatively small group, but, you know, there was a genuine sense and desire to learn more about what was happening in Palestine. And so what we did is we used Palestine as a bit of a springboard to get into a conversation about what is the nature of oppression. Uh, how do we understand it? How does it relate, relate to our lives? How does it affect uh, both the oppressor and the person being oppressed? Um, and so, I mean, to answer your question, I think, um, you know, that, that uh, creating that space for people to actually have meaningful conversations and, and to break down issues that um, relate to them, uh, you know, I think on one level, it doesn't just allow us to explore the issue deeper. But it also uh, acts as a space where people from different backgrounds can actually come together, share their different viewpoints, 
um, and come to a meaningful understanding of the topic in question. Doing to Leila Kimi, Rehan Chikte, Nonkululekum Tambo, as well as Asif Bulbulia, um, about the IAW Israeli Politics Week that has been happening, taking place this week. Uh, we'll take a break now, and when we come back, we'll continue the discussion. Emails. With Yasin Kipi. Igniting the youth. Welcome back to Voice of the Millennials of myself, Yasin Kipi. And we continue the discussion um, about Israeli Apartheid Week. And we're joined, of course, uh, by Nkoleko Ntambo, the chairperson of the Palestine Solidarity Committee, Fritz University, Leila Kimi from UCT, as well as Rehan uh, Chikte and Asif Bulbuli, also from uh, Fritz University. Um, Nkoleko, I just wanted to understand, you know, your perspective on how we can actually, um, at the, you know, higher level in terms of the, of the government, how we can actually bring this um, all of the solidarity into policy um, we know that you know South Africa has for a very long time endorsed the two-state solution which has uh, many times been been shown to be uh, very flawed um, and uh, some people some commentators are saying that uh, the reason why Israeli apartheid week at least in Cape Town has been so um, lacking rigorous debate from from the Zionist lobby side um, is because they are no longer working on on this grassroots level they are working um, with regards to the embassies anti BDS legislation etc so how can we actually as young people um, in terms of our careers and in terms of active lobbying um, influence the government? Um, I think that we have to take the, start, the, the, the stance which was taken um, when going against the South African apartheid system that there's many ways to skin a cat for lack of a better phrase. Yeah. Um, so, for instance, um, um, companies such as T4S which are well known to have Zionist links um, I think that they fear yeah, they ought to be legislature that um yeah that 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 we ought to be working on things of, of that nature, working on boycotting certain companies, boycotting certain goods, and in that way, the legislature becomes easier because um the people who are the, the lobby group which will be working against us will have less power because currently, I don't think there's a lack of political will, so for instance, your ruling party is is on board um, with the with the resolution from the last conference being to downgrade the, the Israeli embassy, which by no means is enough, but it's a good start. Um, so your 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 political parties are here. Your so there's a lot of people on the ground, but the issue that we're actually facing is that our the, yeah the voice of ten thousand is being matched mm-hmm. with the money of yeah. one. And we are not being able to defeat that. So I think that you need to go to you need to to, to attack the issue at the root. And the and the reason why we are constantly met with this much with this much aggression and this much um, counter yeah. attacks, I guess, is just because we are not attacking the economy of the thing, and we're just attacking it on a social piece. So um, I think we need to get to the root of it. Yeah, and I'll, we'll talk about the United Nations, their role as well, later a bit with Leila Kim, because she's very involved with that. Um, uh, you know, one of the major things that I've seen um, really from the Zionist lobby is them bringing 
um, Israeli Arabs or you know um, other Arabs that support the Zionists um, to Cape Town or to, to South Africa um, I saw there was a Syrian refugee from Germany coming that they brought and he, he spoke at one of the events as well and he was saying you know the only solution is to embrace Israel um, and they also had an Israeli Arab who was speaking about the peace in Israel and everything should um, you know, is, is, is very rosy have you experienced any of that Asif at Wits University? Um, yes, actually, I think what happened is yesterday we uh, went to find out what Saudis was actually doing at campus. And uh, there was an Israeli Arab guy that was there uh, who seemed to be defending the state quite vehemently and fervently. Um, and, of course, you know, there's, there's all this, you know, contention around, you know, why is it that he would do this, right? And... Uh, I personally don't want to go into all the details about like who he was because I don't know, I don't have that information. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean to answer your question, we have no that kind of presence at this. Well, uh, yeah, th- th- that's quite interesting. Um, when it comes to now in educate educating, and, and that's really what we can do. Besides all of those grand things, we can educate people. Um, from from your perspective, Rehan, I think one of the biggest humanitarian crises is the medical aspect as well. Um, how do you think we can, um, you know, conscientize ourselves about that? And what have you learned about the, the humanitarian crisis from a medical perspective in Palestine? Um, I think that the biggest thing that I've learned, apart from, you know, just the, the gross trauma, yeah. um, physical trauma that's the people they are undergoing and, you know, those kinds of things. There's also, um, obviously, the the mental health aspect, which yeah, I think yeah. is going to play a massive, massive, massive role Absolutely. just in the future of, you know, the Palestinian people because post- post-traumatic stress disorder and things alike are going to definitely impact not only academically, but it's going to impact economically. Even when people would like to flee the country, yeah. it's going to cause issues with them because there's people going to be generational trauma, basically, in yeah. a nutshell. So I think that's what's going to be happening. And mm-hmm. it's very important for us to be aware of that as well. Because normally we think, okay, we can aid these people by providing this kind of financial support so we can get healthcare there. But we also need to be cognizant of the ideas that we also need to try and get people there who are going to cater for those kinds of needs of the people. Psychologists, social workers, stuff like that. People who can counsel because children are going to need counseling. Adults are going to need counseling. And it's just as important as the biological health. Absolutely. Um, I also want to look at something that um, could be con- seen as controversial, but um, I know Saudi Arabia is seen as, as a archetype of Islam uh, to, to <laughs> some people, right? But to <laughs> others, it's um, because they, they, you know, they're holders of the two sanctuaries. Um, but to others, uh, they're very critical of that. But from you know, your perspective, as, if, as the chairperson of the MSA at WITS, and per- perhaps um, Leila can come in as well to talk about that um, Muslim perspective, um, there's ties between Saudi Arabia and, and, and Israel. Now, I know that's not happening in South Africa, but how do you, you know, understand what we should be saying and, and if we should be vocal about, about, about that fact? Uh, uh, okay, so personally, I think there's a responsibility on, on my part, particularly as a representative of the, of the MSA, to exercise caution, right? I can't speak on behalf of the MSA in total. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I can say is that we should, in, in the words of Malcolm X, stand out for justice, no matter who's, who it is for or against. Yeah. Um, and when we witness injustice, speak out against it. 
right? And, um, you know, personally, I don't have necessarily the knowledge to, to comment on that uh, adequately. Um, but, yeah, I think, like, that's, that's a pretty, uh, like, that's, that's our stand for now, at least within my own capacity. And, and perhaps from someone who is not um, an executive member of the MSA, um, are you? You're not, right? Okay. Uh, maybe, maybe you can give your opinion, your personal opinion, how Muslims at campus, Leila, should actually perceive those uh, those ties between Saudi and, and, and Israel. Sure, I think um, this Because you were quite vocal yes, I mean, um, uh, yesterday, right? Yeah. Against the, the, the Israeli lobby. Yeah. Um, I just think to not speak too, um, too specifically on Saudi Arabia because um, I think that's a whole other can of worms. We could okay. sit until tomorrow, mm-hmm. Yasin. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> but I think um, just as Muslims, it's our duty to stand up. Um, it's our duty to stand up for what's right. Yeah. And so I think we're all very aware of who's standing on the right side of justice and who's standing on the wrong side of justice. And so I think as Muslims, it is our duty to stand up for the people of Palestine. Not only are they our brothers and sisters in Islam, but just for it being a greater plight of people in humanity we need to be standing up for for their rights we need to be vocal we need to be fearless we need to be unapologetic when we stand up for them and we need to realize that this is a cause much greater than ourselves and so sometimes that means we're going to have to put you know your personal opinions or your personal views on who it is that's standing up for this struggle in front and who's running in the front. Um, you know, we look to Leila Khalid and we know that she said that when it comes to fighting for justice, you need to put everything else aside and you need to, you know, do yep. what's right. Absolutely. And so I think we just need to, we need to remember that first and foremost, yes, we are Muslims, but first and foremost, we are Muslim, and that means that we have to stand up for justice. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. I mean, the third most used word in the Quran is justice, kist. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, Nankul Leko, um, from, from your perspective as the chairperson of the PSC, um, enlighten us about you, some of the mistakes that you think people who support Palestine, especially students, um, make, and how, how can we overcome some of those mistakes? Um, I think that... Uh, I don't want to be too daunting, but it, uh, there's there's many. Um, I think first and foremost, it's limiting the Palestinian struggle to IAW mm-hmm. to a week, right? And having silence throughout the um, throughout the year. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the Palestinian struggle is is so interlinked with the struggle of all African people because it ultimately what the Israeli government is embarking on is a colonial project. And we all know what that means. It takes, it takes a, a network of powers to embark on that. And that has happened to us. So I think that what we need to do very, very urgently is start participating in the struggle of the African people. Because I, I, I forgot which writer it was. It, it, I think even Malcolm X um, refused to refer to the Middle East as the Middle East. He called it North, more Northeast Africa, hmm. you know. Um, it... The, the, the divide that happens is something that is always that always reflects during this week where a lot of your African students find mm. themselves at a crossroads where it's like, mm, mm. is this about me or is it not? Yeah. And it always is about them because we don't make that clear. And I also think that we need to we need to shy away from making it a religious struggle. Yeah. Um, and not that anyone here is doing it, but um, the struggle is not a. Jewish versus Muslim thing because you find a lot of Jewish people also having that 
conundrum that am I standing against my own by mm-hmm. speaking in this way? Um, I think this is a an issue of an oppressor and an oppressor. Yeah. And whether they are Jewish or Muslim or so on and so forth, because Palestinians are that array of people. They are atheists, they are Christian, they are Muslim, they are everything, you know. And uh, yeah. Absolutely. That's what I think we need to do urgently. No, absolutely, and I think that message is quite clear that uh, we um, Judaism is completely, uh, um, you know, Ab- Abrahamic faith and um, is seen as a brother religion to Islam. But obviously, as a Muslim, um, you know, predominantly Muslim radio station, um, most of our listeners will be Muslim to understand that Islamic perspective, especially on 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 the ground at universities. Um, it's been seventy years since the Nakba of 1948, and I think it would be a good way to end this discussion with Asif Bubalia, um, who is also a poet and he wrote a poem about the Nakba, isn't it so? Uh, yes, that is true. So please, please um, uh, perform that uh, uh, poem and it's called, uh, titled Poet Without Words. I cannot write poetry about a Nakba. It is an open wound, a freshly cut scab, sterilized by UN resolutions, dialogues, and academic discourses. A book without pages, a poet without words. And Nakba began when the last member of the first family took that last step from their home and the first step from the boats, onto the boats. The catastrophe is not just in the number of bodies displaced, or villages destroyed, or orchards left fruitless by overzealous Zionists and colonial projects. No. The catastrophe is in every living tear, every drop blood shed, blood spanning generations of culture and survival, reduced to a receding map of apartheid walls and bantustans. Former villages and communities torn down to make way for the only democracy in the Middle East. I cannot write poetry about Anukba, because my poetry cannot quite capture the catastrophe that is Anukba. But what I can do is remember Anukba and look forward to the day when it shall be nothing more than a distant memory. Jazakallah. I think that deserves a round of applause from everyone here. And uh, that's really amazing. Uh, thank you for that, Asif. Uh, and uh, that's unfortunately all the time we have for it. But I hope this con- this conversation will continue in the minds of people. And of course, that the, we, we need to act upon. And um, anger needs to turn into action if we have any anger. But also if we have, um, uh, you know, um, certain action that we can fulfill we need to do that as young people especially um, in, in South Africa because we are the moral authority of the world and I think uh, everyone realizes that uh, if South Africa does something everyone else will follow thank you Asif, uh, thank you Nkuleleko, um, chairperson of the Palestine Solidarity Committee, Asif Bubalia also a student and chairperson of MSA WITS um, uh, at WITS University, and Leila Kimi who we'll be speaking to after Ishai and of course Rehan Chikte also from the medical campus at UC. Thank you all and uh, all the best. Good luck, okay.